There is a term for certain people, only a small amount of people, who can elicit respect, camaraderie, and unity between disparate factions. That term is mensch. Yiddish in origin, it means a person of integrity and honor. In the polarizing competitive world of music, it is near impossible to find this type. But when you do, they stick out like an oasis in the desert, like a light in the black, when you're mostly surrounded by questionable vermin. Mike Watt, bass-playing whiz and punk rock guru, is this mensch. In fact, to borrow the term from Shep Gordon, a supermensch. Most know Mike Watt from being in the legendary Minutemen and the legendary Firehose bands, and since then his CV is a relentless ticker tape of projects, bands, and releases, all impressive and all worth checking out. If there needed to be proof as to how beloved Mike Watt is within music, one need look no further than his solo debut album from 1995, Ball Hog or Tugboat. It was a great step forward into the spotlight a benchmark album for not only Watt, but for alternative music in general. And one of the greatest, if not the greatest, collaborative album in popular music history. Long time ago, and I mean a long time ago, when they used to sell CDs inside long cardboard boxes, Mike Watt's ball hog or tugboat stood out because the front of the box was used to print out the long list of guests appearing on the album. Everyone from Bernie Worrell, Frank Black... Eddie Vedder, Henry Rollins, Kathleen Hanna, Dave Grohl, Mark Lanigan, Pat Smear, Adam Horowitz, Flea. I mean, I, I'm not going to list them all here, but you get the picture. Jay Maskus, Thurston Moore, etc., etc. They all guested on the album, partly to help out Mike Watt, but more so to get the opportunity to play with such a vaunted, celebrated musician. Watt's reputation precedes him by miles. And when we finally got to meet him a few times while touring European festivals between 2003 and 2004 during his high time with the Stooges, I found out firsthand why there has never been a bad word said about Mike Watt. He was kind, welcoming, charming, and seriously badass when he hit the stage. You can't help but lock onto him when he's riding that bass guitar, and even though I knew who I was watching. I knew there were people in the crowd who didn't, thinking to themselves, who is that guy? That guy was what? We got to open for his other notable band, Dose, the duo with Kira Rossler of Black Flag at the Mercury Room in New York City back in 2005. As a Flag Minutemen fan, that gig has always stood out as one of my favorites we've ever done. And also because Mike Watt and Kira were, were so cool to us. Also, I got to indulge them in some old SST flag questions I had. In 2010, we asked Watt to appear in our Full of Regret video, and he gladly obliged, drove his van out to the film set, and was given the role of bartender, where, with little or no rehearsal, hit it out of the park. If you watch our Full of Regret video... That's him. That's Mike Watt delivering the video's opening monologue. It remains one of the best moments I've ever had the pleasure of watching being in this band. I'll never forget looking at Josh and Jason Diamond, the directors of the video, and JC, while Mike Watt said his lines to the camera, and we were all collectively shitting ourselves as to how well he was pulling it off. He again came down to appear in our I Think Bad Thoughts video later that year, 
His Watt from Pedro radio show has been going on for years. He's had me on his show twice now. It's always a pleasure to talk to, to Mike. And this episode is the two of us trading notes on being in a band, being a musician, etc., etc. But don't get me wrong. I know I'm not even remotely in his league. Now, I have a little announcement to make here. This is the first podcast episode that I'm posting as the coronavirus hits the Western world with such velocity that has become a little overwhelming. Borders are being closed and everything is canceled, our tour included, and it's getting everyone down right now. I'm not going to get on a soapbox here, but instead I'm going to do what I can and in my own little way, try and alleviate the anxiety that may be out there. Of course, it would be great if people could go out and support the bands they love by purchasing an album or a merch item, but also, I think it's important to be simply entertained, regardless of cost. Not everyone can afford streaming services. Maybe people are up against the wall financially. Just being able to access social media and podcasts can be enough to kill some time. So, while the coronavirus cancels almost everything in its wake, it hasn't been able to cancel podcasts. And because of that, I'm going weekly with this podcast. Stay home, download this podcast for free as usual. It's always been free, but I'm going to be hitting your ears more frequently every seven days for the foreseeable future. Not sure if going weekly is more of an annoyance for people, but I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. So, This podcast episode with Mike Watt is up, and a new one will come roaring at you in just a few days. In the meantime, stay calm, stay healthy, wash your hands, be cool to people in grocery stores and pharmacies and essential services because they are the real heroes right now. Stay away from the elderly for their sake, and listen to records, watch TV, read comic books, and remember, above all else, to laugh. Okay, the man, my man, the man, my man, Mike Watt, is this episode's guest on the official Danko Jones podcast, and it starts now. The Danko Jones podcast is the best around. They play the kid as Danko's crew will tell for free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes. Get me in from fucked up. Stop playing hang to do. Gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready because the Danko Jones podcast starts. Hey, what? How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing, man? Glad to be talking with you. I've been on the Watt from Pedro show twice now. And it occurred to me the last time I was on that you haven't been on my my show, so I I I I, I think that's a terrible oversight on my on my part. So um, 
welcome to uh, the show. Welcome, and uh, it's great to talk to you, man. Thanks for having me aboard, Danko. Now, I don't know where to start with you because you've got so much going on and and it's hap- things are happening simultaneously. Um, so many projects and it's such an inspiration. Um, it made me think because sometimes, you know, I'm on your mailing list and you lead with, you know, a lot of Coltrane pictures and a lot of Coltrane quotes and stuff. Do you approach music these days like some of those old jazz cats where you're just like you got a million things on the go and and that's just it's just about output? Yeah, I start all my shows out with John Coltrane. In May, it'll be 19 years. Uh, and the show, the way I see it, Watt from Pedro show is my attempt at trying to pay back the debt I owe the movement for the opportunities. Like you're asking me about all these things. Most of all these things has happened because of the movement. And what I found out as I got into it is, uh, yeah, a lot of hit and miss coincidence. So, uh, might as well parallel process, try to get in as much as you can. You don't know how much time you have. Losing D. Boone made me find that out. Right. And so, uh, to be earnest about it, I mean, you know, I did this third opera, the hyphenate man and it was me looking at middle age, mm. what it's about. And it's this realization that life being a classroom maybe ain't a bad thing. So that's the way I approach all this. It's like you got a bunch of classes. All this stuff about school being just when you're a kid, it's just kind of metaphor and allegory for what's <laughs> up ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got it all like reduced down to taking tests and vomiting back information, but that's not total learning. You know what learning is. Like you asking me these questions right here. You're curious. You want to know why I get involved with a lot of these projects, especially uh, the ones I don't have them real the end game realized in my mind. I'm just I want to see how they work out. I like being the springboard, being the launch pad. And so uh, what I try not to do is reruns. I try to make them all a little different. But they're all like different ways of making up a classroom. 125 months with the Stooges. Very interesting classroom. You know, growing up, getting into music with Dean Boone. Uh, lately, I'm going to go on a tour, right, in a couple of weeks with Mike Baguetta. It's the first time a guy ever wrote me. Usually when I help another band, I play the dead guy. That's an interesting thing to learn, the old songs. This one, this guy wrote all these bass lines for me, all this very uh, 
So that's why, why uh, Danko, to answer your question, man, I, I, I'm, I'm just caught up in it. I, first off, all I got disease of being curious. And then I, you know, I get interested. I get taken. And, you know, I grew up working people here in Pedro. My papa's sailor. So I don't really need a lot of stuff. Just need to be healthy, right? And uh, Stuff to keep the boat going and the bass. Yeah. Music stuff. I, I, I really try to stay focused that way. And uh, if it's kind of flailing around, then it kind of is. But uh, that's, that's the way I, I find it working out the best for me. I mean, what is the goal for a life? Is it just collecting shit, objects? Or what about experiences? What about experiences that teach you shit? So that's, uh, I think, you know, John Coltrane, you're talking about jazz guys, and this man was talking about musicians maybe after some kind of truth. So I always loved that about him. Got a bunch of books on him. Then we got the John Coltrane reference, which has got all his gigs and recordings and stuff. Because he is an inspiration to me. Uh, well, when you, but 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 anybody expressive in the arts, mm. anybody pulling them together to keep us a big family, I'm into somehow. Um, well, I mean, from the first solo album uh, to your, you know, Ball Hog or Tugboat to you know your latest band. It's all you've, if there's one thing, it's, it's, it's about collaboration with you. And it made me, because like, I mean, I'm not like for anyone unfamiliar with what you've done uh, in the last 20 years, it is an, it is a very long list of bands. And it made me think just as a musician myself, how does, how does one get to be in a band with Mike Watt? How does it become an official band? You know, because you have MSSV, you have uh, yeah, fitted. that's the thing I'm gonna go help. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, so so uh, like, how does it become an official band with? How does one say, yeah, I'm in a band with Mike Watt? You know, that's trippy that you brought a ball hugger tugboat. It's 25 years now in March, right next month. Damn. Yeah, and definitely. And if I've been at this like the Minutemen started 40 years ago last month. So that was 15 years into it. Right. But it definitely was a sea change in my life. You're right. If you if you look at my music life, that's kind of the dividing point. That's what I was, that was the point for me. That was the point for me. Yeah. And I think even for me, looking back on my whole life, <laughs> I know I played in, in, in Firehose and Minutemen before that, but that's kind of what I did. I, I learned this way to be in a three-piece and then boom, I lost him. Then Edward came, and I kind of did the same thing with Edward, still with Georgie, both of them. But then I try this thing where let's, yeah, play different projects. So, yeah, what makes – now, part of that, Danko, I think, is the instrument. There's something about the bass that's kind of gluey. So if you got parts, uh, the bass man can be there to glue it. So in a way, we got a good right. role. <laughs> right. So the... kind of – Self to this thing of, of being uh, adaptable to people's trip. But what I found, Danko, is there's four ways to kind of be in a band with people. 
there's this thing like with D. Boone, okay, grow up with the guy, collaborate, don't have to teach him anything, right, because I learned with him, I just start playing, he starts playing. But if you lose a guy like that, you can never get it back, right? That's a once in a lifetime. You can't live your life over again. Or you can pretend, but if you want to be real, that's it. The other way, another way I should say, you be the shot caller. And usually I'll put my name in the name mm. of the band. So Mike Watt, the second man. Mike Watt, the missing man. Right. Mike Watt, the black game. Because I want you to know who to blame. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm asking these guys to do this stuff. Right. Now, if you're going to do that to somebody, some people, maybe you should learn how to do that yourself. So then that's the other way of being in a band. You take direction. For example, Stooges, 125 months with those cats. You think I was like, hey, we should change Little Doll. <laughs> <laughs> We should change. Let's add one more chord to TV. I no, no, no. <laughs> Fuck, I don't want to do that anyway. So I was, you know, in that way, it's almost the classical classroom where there definitely is a teacher, definitely is. Mm -hmm. There's a transmitter, there's a receiver, okay? And I'm taking the direction. But then there's a way of collaborating where you piece it out. And I do this, I'm with this, uh, these two Italian, I'm an Italian band for the last 10 years, so Sonia de Meyer and I. So I'll write a third of the stuff. And tell Andrea, you write a third. Tell Stay, you write a third. And that's probably, uh, on paper, maybe the most obvious collaborative. Of course, when you're playing with somebody, you're still collaborating, even if you're taking direction, okay? But this is like where you're even piecing it out that way. So it's from the a priori it's a collab. So, and then there's, you know, the traditional sideman way where you take the place of the dead guy and you play old songs. Hmm. With that MSSV, uh, I'm playing somebody else's music, but it's not old music. It was written for me to play. That's actually very new for me. <laughs> I haven't been in that role with all these. The other way down the years has been this way, either with D. Boone, then with Edward, then collab, either take the direct or give the direct, especially for my operas. I mean, how could those guys know? Even Nels Klein, an incredible musician, he didn't know where that story was going and stuff like that. So I had, I had to kind of be the director. But, uh, God, what a guy <laughs> to uh, get to uh, put out wishes to be <laughs> accomplished. I mean, you know, I wouldn't use music words with him either. Okay, the sailors are here. They're, they're, they're mopping the deck. Really? Yeah, so he comes. Yeah, because I really wanted to get out of my own. When it came, when it came to Ball Harger Tugboat, it was like, what? You did what you did with the Minuteman. And then kind of did a round two with fire hose. Why don't you try stuff you ain't tried yet? And, you know, I come from a tradition. I mean, we got the idea from Wire, Pink Flag, but, I mean, these little songs, and all of a sudden I'm going to write a 45-minute song. So I just thought I should just try something I ain't ever done before. So I ended up doing three operas, but the first one, and it was a very hard subject because I was going to have to talk about losing D. Boone, which I had been afraid to, to deal with. That's another thing. I kind of use music as therapy. Therapy, yeah. 
So, yeah, talk to different people. Talk to different therapists, which means get involved in a project. I got to do some John Coltrane music last year with Henry Kaiser, which I was totally scared. I mean, that music, I love Supreme and Meditations, both his big suites, his operas. You know, put your Grammy thumb, thumbprints, all of that crap, you know. But in a way, I was thinking, well, maybe John Coltrane was thinking of that final statement. He uh, He was thinking, especially for other musicians, maybe this is a springboard. Maybe this is a launch pad for what in a certain way right you know and so i i accepted i said okay after saying no at first i said okay henry i'll do this and he got wayne pete vinnie golia these some of these guys are musician friends of nails klein and i was very intimidated in a way but in another way maybe you got to do things like that so yeah I, i look at them as things like that you hear people say uh, I, I hear, like, especially jazz guys, uh, I took a lesson from this guy. Right. You know, I, right. Come, I come from a world that's not like that so much. I took a lesson from that guy. Right. My, the way I take a lesson is I get a proj going. So you know you're in a Watt band. If he's paying really close attention to you and trying to learn from you. And, you know, there's lots of ways because uh, I'm... Uh, music for me is not just operating machines to get certain sounds and rhythms. It's also working rooms. So uh, there's a showbiz, a uh, uh, entertainer, a uh, vaudeville uh, part of it too. Believe it or not, uh, have this all the have all notes the attracted to me to glam and glitter. You know, it's not just notes and rhythms. There's something. There's something about yeah, a gig. <laughs> well, have all the projects, all the bands that you've been a part of, have all of them played live, toured? No, no, especially with the internet. Some I've made albums with people I've never even met. <laughs> right. It's a great kind of thing, you know. It's not all bad new days. There's some good things where you can collaborate with cats really easy with the internet compared to the old days. And that, the- that, that kind of is a more notes... But then that's also the land of happy accidents. Right. You know, and the land of happy accidents happens big time at gigs and stuff. There's something, you know, the first gig me and Dee Boone saw was T-Rex. There's something about glam and glitter that always I've been attracted to. I don't know why. Little Richard, you know, there's something about the way you, you, it's it's part and parcel of how you bring it. John Fogarty. Well, you know, it's a uh, larger than I'm not I'm not I'm not totally seduced by the package, but there's something about the package that's wrapped around it. That's kind of trippy, too. Well, it, it, I feel uh, at a live show and especially with the characters that you listed off, it's a larger than life approach to 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 performance that attracts a lot of people from, you know, disparate sides of life because everybody wants to see the spectacle from their humdrum lives and people like little Richard bring it, you know, and, and, uh, that's the, I think that's where it all comes from. You know, you look at parliament funkadelic, you know, George, George Clinton didn't come out in a, in a, in a white t-shirt and jeans. He came out with some crazy boots and, and neon boas and all this crazy sunglasses and stuff because, he wanted to present himself as 
10 feet tall, not six feet tall. And I think that's yeah. what people want to watch. And there's something about that, you know. Uh, I know that's what attracted me to the movement. Even You know, some of them guys you could tell were just learning how to play. Right. And nowadays, musicians have no problem with the movement. It's it's funny. But in the older days, oh, my God, they don't know how to play. <laughs> Fuck that. They won't even see the gig. They don't even see one song. They don't know how to play. You know, Harry Nilsson, I don't know, six, seven, eight octave range, but Lyman the Coconuts one fucking chord. <laughs> you know, C7. Is it just one chord? Yeah, it's one. So you get the lime in the corner. <laughs> yeah, they never change. I mean, there's a lot of songs like that. Yeah, I know. And at that, to me, uh, you know, writing songs, I've all, I've ch I'm trying to chase that. The songs. TV. What about TVI? That's one chord. <laughs> That's A, <laughs> A minor. I mean, those are the songs. Oh yeah, I know, I know. Fun House is one chord. Just to get one riff, even just one riff, and you just repeat that, yeah. and that's those well, are. You... Uh, who was that? The Winnipeg guys. Uh, guess who? Uh, American Woman. American Woman, it's, right? It's one lick. Yeah. It's one lick, man, and that tune is in your head. Now they play the lick kind of different. They'll start and stop at some points. <laughs> you know, but yeah, there's something about a song, right? You know, and that's the way I look at music sometimes. Sometimes I look at music as genres and stuff like that, but not much because that ends up, uh, it's almost like blinders. The song, you know, there's something about the song. When you focus the expression down to that level, a lot of things can get happening. A lot of, a lot of trippy things can get happening. And there's something about that uh, that will always you know, kind of get the boring parts done is when you can focus in the songs. I mean, there, there's something about that in, uh, what, what do you call it? Craft and art. Mm -hmm. And, uh, notice Dee Dee, he's, he's writing them the songs even after he's out of the band. Well, the, well Joey wrote a little bit, but Johnny didn't. It was Dee. I mean, there's something about songsmithing. That's part of music. It's kind of like the clothes thing and look thing, too. Music, uh, sound, rhythm, notes, it's not uh, the whole thing. And so that's why I'm trying to answer your question. So, Because uh, I'm not, uh, the thing that keeps me all interested in trying different avenues and stuff is this thing about something that clothes and songs, you know, kind of, Making uh, the music part kind of finite, not making it so infinite and billions of different choices. Sometimes you got to narrow the shit down. It's like trying to dance on a rug that's getting pulled out from under you. Kind of tough. Yeah. So you try to hammer some things down so you can let the fucking freak flag fly. You can start the Petri dish. You know, you need the dish to hold the bacteria in to begin with or the molds growing on everything, you know. <laughs> Well, that's why I always say we get criticized as our band gets criticized a lot because we work in such hard. We just have a hard rock confine that we work in. We, we, we have the same themes and the same sound. But to me, what people misunderstand is that's where the art is. The art is trying to take those three chords for the nth time and making it, turning it into a brand new toy. 
And that's challenging after you've oh, done it, you know, for X amount of years. It's fun. And also, you know, migraine inducing, but it's also, you know, at the end of the day, it's so satisfying when you're able to do it. You know, it's you know, it's finding a voice. I mean, uh, uh, let's talk about painting. Uh, who's that? Uh, that that uh, Mr. Mondrian or uh, Rothko with the, the with the bars. Oh, I mean, okay. Say, oh man, man, these paintings are looking kind of the same. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big uh, uh, connoisseur or, or expert, but I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, they 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 get the the, the different pieces share a lot. Yeah. But do you know it's his? Yeah. You know, there's, they found a language. Right. And maybe that's what you're doing with your tunes right. and your your Danko Jones uh, gig and album presentations. You, you found your language and stuff like that. And Watts got that part. But then I, you know, sometimes, uh, yeah, because I'm trying to think. Have you done a lot of sideman roles? I mean, I do guest appearances, much like yourself. Um, and we've—I've only done one side project ever. Yeah. See, so maybe not as much as that, but you know what? You probably could if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. I think you've got the fucking abilities. So, so, so look, the arts. Yeah, they—they they got different. We all hear different callings, maybe, hmm. but it's also a journey. And I don't think, uh, even though some of your stuff seems familiar, you ha there are, is beginning, middle, and end, right? You've gone to different territories. You're not in total, like, uh, loop mode. No, 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 no. Right, yeah. right? Yeah, so there is a vector. There is an arc. I mean, and, you know, we'll take from the Minutemen. We'll take from the Minutemen. We'll take from, you know, Funkadelic. We'll take from, you know, uh, Sonic Youth, whatever. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So even some of the stuff you got in the future, you haven't even thought about how that's going to get realized yet. Yeah. Right. Because you want to keep things out open. So uh, that the whole thing about being original is kind of it can get kind of relative. For example. Right. I can write a very original novel and not come up with one new word. And in fact, if I start inventing words. I don't know if you've ever read Finnegan's Wake or, uh, you know, the Clockwork Orange. It's, mm. it's kind of hard with the words you don't know. <laughs> right. I guess it's another level of understanding. It's, it, maybe it's the sounds of them. You know, I, I, I don't know. It's another thing. But what I'm, what I'm trying to get at, there's ways to be original than something really blatant like the components there's all kinds of layers of of, of, of transmitting your voice, your mm. your uh, spirit, your feel. Right. And like I said, you can do that. A writer can do that with a novel and not invent one. He's using all the words. Right. You know, Dr. Seuss used and right. As you know, Pound. and and, right. and 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 still be very original. And I that's same with the the music. God, especially us in the in the twelve tone world. We're, 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 we're using a lot. Yeah. I guess it's what inspires you. Or, or, or what is it? Tricking the listeners? Like you just didn't hear this one? You know, it was kept secret. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is it a game like that? You know, it's, it's hilarious. 
uh, I think uh, what that feels good is when you you do a tune and you can you know when you're performing it when you're you're doing it you feel good about it like man th- yeah. this is what I want to say yeah even if you didn't write it and you went and twisted it and uh, made it aid and abet your own way of bringing music to people. Well, you know, just the other day we were in our rehearsal space. We we're working on new tunes and we have a new song and we finally had it almost fully arranged and we kicked into it and you could, uh, we could feel, I could feel the air move and, and it just goes through you and it makes you breathe heavy and it's woo. And when I was done, we were, we were finished the song. I was like, wow. So yeah, that's, those are the moments you live for. Yeah, yeah, and they're kind of hard to really manufacture. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like yeah, what it seems like what you have to do is kind of put together situations that kind of can incubate that. Yeah, but then in the back of your mind, maybe you got to have a kind of judgment that says, you know what, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Not just because I I went to the. You know, I kneeled down at the altar and and I prayed my brains out. It don't mean it's going to come. <laughs> <laughs> right? There might, might be a pretty good reason for that. <laughs> there's, there's so many ideas we've had that have been beached on the sand that that started off as the greatest song that was ever written. Right, right. And, it's, and they just got, got lost to sea or, or left on sh- ashore. And then the other thing, man, I can't see shit for miles. And boom, you yeah. went right. <laughs> yeah, those are the best. Act, those are the best mo- accidents because there's something to it, right? Because it seems like what we're looking for in our artistic expression is something we can't find in our rational expression. Yes, true. You can't. It's even hard. You can't even put it to words. It's a. It's it's only understood by when we, you know, if you're in a band, when you look at each other. Yeah. yeah, like that with that Lao Tzu guy was saying about the Tao. You talk about the Tao, you ruin it. Yeah, but the Tao is real. It's true. It's there. Just don't fuck with it by trying to describe it. It's Explain, true, right? Yeah. The way, the way, and the way. Now, if we, some philosopher kind of people broke this down to things called aesthetics, right? There's certain kind of values have on artistic things, but I wonder even about that. Whenever you try to quantify or, or, or put any of this stuff in some kind of system, it seems to fail, which I think secretly we enjoy because we're under all these other systems that seem to have really predictive uh, kind of consequences. And, you know, we want to be liberated some in a way. Right. And that's why we look. Sometimes we're looking... At, like you said, the same three chords. It can still come, even though the three chords have been there, or the one chord. Fuck three <laughs> chords. The fucking, can you believe some shit is one chord? Uh, I, I, I wish for the, I wish for those uh, to come, you know? Those are, those are gems. Yeah. And then, the, you know, other stuff is parted out to the nth degree. And, you know, <laughs> and, whoa, you know what? This is a little tired here. Yeah, it's so true. Right? When we say something's natural, what's that about? You know, then we say something's convoluted. What's that about? 
actually something's got to be kind of natural and kind of convoluted, but it's 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 to the degree we make it right. And uh, so, at the beginning, like you in the prac pad, like you're with your guys, but then you're going to bring it to the gig goers and the listeners. They're kind of involved in this conversation. Yeah. Right? Especially when you're finished and you listen to what the verdict is, right? Yeah. It's, it's at that point, sometimes I sign off on it mentally. Of course, of course. Especially if you're in this for a while. Yeah. Because it'll like, tear you up. <laughs> it will. And it has. It has. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You got to think of hills and valleys and bayou and desert and mountains and ocean. <laughs> you know, we're going to see a lot of scenery out the windows as we're driving on this journey. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not on cruise control. You're right. If you don't sign off, maybe it'll just tear you up so bad you, you want to fucking quit the whole. Yes. Yes. We don't want that. Yeah, we don't. Now, some people, it's that way. You think about the Arthur Rimbaud. He did poems for two years three years that's it and right. he, then there's dudes like elvin jones he had the oxygen tank on stage <laughs> and i don't know if there's a right way or a wrong way for everybody okay but i think for me i'm more with the oxygen tank on stage i was gonna that's what i was thinking for you yeah <laughs> you know but i don't think even if though dude does two years and he's done maybe that's not wrong maybe that's just that they're calling you it's a trippy thing expression because you do want it, I think, in, yeah, that word authentic is kind of scary. Yeah, I don't necessarily. I love, I love Creedence. John Fogarty, born on a very, very northwest bayou. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But why not? Why can't art be used for transcending a mm -hmm. situation? Of course. Right? Absolutely. Well, that, yeah. that again, George Clinton. Absolutely. Or maybe the guy who did the first cave painting, he asked his buddy, what do you see? What the guy say? Chromium, zinc, oxide? No, man, it's a horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you said to keep it real, you know, so I got my microscope out and, you know. Right. No, 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 it's the, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yes. There's so many levels to, we're pretending is part of it. <laughs> but then for some other reason, there's a huge value to like not pretending. <laughs> it's, a, it's, yeah, I, you know, I tend to, I just tend to just classify it all as showbiz. Yeah. 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 Because you're right. There's, yeah, you gotta be real. I, I have no problem with it. In fact, I think some of the traditions, especially the vaudeville going to towns, working towns, very honorable, yeah. You're not jiving anybody, man. I mean, that's honest wage for honest work. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's fabric to connect us. I, I, I really feel good about being part of that tradition. I don't think it's punching a clock. I don't think it's robot world. I mean, if you want to reduce it to that level, but you can do that to anything. Everything. Yeah, yeah. And so, show a bit an endeavor. I'm really uh, feel good about being part of that, and and I ha I have no problem with that. Uh, uh, when I go out in two weeks, you know, for MSSV, Mike Bagetta, and he's a serious guy, right? Went to Berkeley School of Music and all this, and I still see it as showbiz. 
Yeah, I, 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 I it's the only way I can. So he asked me about. He'll ask me things about maybe how the sets go and how to put the tunes. That's showbiz. Yeah, you know that's work in a room. What's wrong with work in a room? Now pandering, uh, not treating your listeners respect, not t- treating your band guys with respect. That's bullshit. Okay, but that's not real showbiz. <laughs> that's kind of perverted, lame version. Yeah. I mean, it's no business. It's a racket. That's where it's a racket. Uh, yeah, the, there's a point. lot of the music industry that that is the racket, you know, yeah, and, right. and the only way to lots of human endeavors are that way, though. You're you're right. You're right. I bet, you, I bet you we got into the way they grow flowers. There's some jive shit going down there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> there's like, paper, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but for some reason, you know, we all get into music when we're young and we keep this yeah. idealistic uh, idea of it and we want it yeah. to remain, you know, whereas, you know, going to work in, in an office or a factory, there was never this, this esteemed ideal. Uh, yeah. But then some dudes fetish war and do those fucking Game Boy things. I mean, you know. Sure enough. True enough. True and enough. Wherever you want your brain to go. You know, but at the end of the day, we got to feed each other, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, yeah, the hobby thing, hmm. yeah, the hobby thing. What's wrong with the hobby thing? And when does it stop being a hobby? And when does it start being? I think you could still make a, a showbiz is a, is a, is a hobby in a way. Uh, I guess. Are there creative ways to do this? thing i think there is i've met a lot of creative people in the music field yeah i've met more people that aren't yeah <laughs> that that still doesn't mean it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> you know so i could see all the other endeavors too wouldn't you want a creative guy uh you know coming off the fire truck you know right why, why, why is that just some robot thing he's got to be creative i mean you can be creative about all kinds of shit yeah and you can Total robot world in this racket. I see motherfuckers sleepwalking this racket big time. So have I. So have and I. They, 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 have, they have earned no right to do it. They've won the fucking lotto. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and So for that poor guy who might be helping us get some clean water coming through our faucet, he's not a loser because that's the only way he can uh, negotiate a way to get rent to raise a family or something. Why this other guy is real jiving, just biting on some shit. Not a George uh, Clinton, who's an innovator and creative mind blower. <laughs> yeah. Using all that resource that showbiz put together, all these p- different kinds of music. Man, George Clinton, man, he, he's up to, he's an art, he's got his palette and his brush and he's painting us incredible uh, mosaics and tapestries with all the shit. Yeah, and you know, you know and, and at the same time, you can really feel it. And at the other end, there's the like you mentioned, the fireman who's got the creative. Maybe his way is the fastest way to put out that fire. I mean, yeah. you, you can't dismiss anyone in any field uh, when it comes to creativity. Uh, uh, definitely, but when it comes to music, it just it's so close to me. Uh, I, I'm so protective of it. Yeah. Well, what happens? 
what I found that happens, there's kind of a separation. And it doesn't even have to be music. It's just an idea of royalty. And I think that's some people are attracted to. I would have a bunch of attendants. I'd have an assistant hair tech. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah, it's right. It's in rhythm and in, in stories. And, you know, it's all right, Ma, I'm only bleeding. Right. Or it's all right, Ma, you know, it's life and life only. Or I walk upside down inside handcuffs, you know, shake it off. You know, what more can you show me? I'd probably stick my head in a fucking guillotine, right? No, it's not that. It's like, you know, what can I do? For you to, stupid motherfuckers to service my lifestyle. You know, and what the fuck? I think this has always been a problem. I don't think it's a modern one. But no. All the arts have got uh, turned to this, uh, perverted in one way that way. Yeah. But that's that's personal responsibility. That's people not taking personal responsibility. It's not the uh, the, the the field of the arts in itself. And yeah, and this whole idea of royalty and, and uh, elitist kind of things, the velvet ropes. And... That's not music to me. That's yeah. that's not my world. I, I mean, I I don't even know that world. That's yeah, it's more of a social uh, way of organizing or disorganizing. <laughs> yeah, when someone starts behaving like that, I feel they've automatically ejected themselves. Yeah, and and, it, and it's 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 tragedy. Yeah. But you know, that's part of the problem of having choice. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can choose to be a fucking dick like that. Yeah. And reduce shit to such superficial, shallow ass lameness. Or you can be a true believer. Yeah. <laughs> it's there. It's there for all of us, you know. I mean, I, I did want to like touch base with you on, on the latest projects, MSSV, uh, main steam, uh, step valve and, oh, yeah. and, 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 uh, uh, oh. that's what came from a Steve McQueen movie. Me and D Boone's favorite movie when we were a boy was, uh, the sand pebbles, 1966. Steve McQueen was from a book, Richard McKenna, the only book he wrote, a sailor and a machinist mate like my pop. I didn't know this until I was doing bass for Porter for Pyros. I thought it was just that movie. But anyway, this man, Mike Baguetta, he uh, agreed to call the project. He got Steve Hodges on drums, the guy from my first opera, Hunt uh, to Plate in the Engine Room. Because when I first recorded with him, the drummer man was Jim Keltner. Right. And Jim Keltner can't tour so much. So Mike Baguetta got Steve Hodges to be the drummer man. And this was all by coincidence, thrown together by a guy in Long Beach here, uh, Chris Schlaba's studio, Big Ego. But you know, when something happens, like it gets thrown together and there's a clicking thing, a feel, like, hey, more can be done with this. I'm into it. And that's what I felt with Mike. Right. Okay. And I didn't have to be the shot caller. I didn't have to write the songs. Right. In fact, we've done a tour before and he has to do two of the songs from the first opera that Steve Hodges was on. Nels Klein was the guitar man. And I hadn't played those parts for a long time. That was a trip for him to do that. So, uh, you know, he's also, uh, I think maybe 20 years young. You know, it doesn't matter as much anymore. That's where I've come to in music. 
You don't have to be the shot caller. You don't have to be the younger guy, the youngest guy. You know, you know what I mean? There's a situation and just kind of see what that sitch can teach you. If you do have a sincere belief that everybody has something to teach you, even dicks. Hands <laughs> with them and shit. Arguably, they, they teach you the most. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's how that 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 kind of came about. On the on the other thing I got for 2020, and we already recorded an album in December, so that'll come out in the uh, in the fall. Oh wow! So it'll, or it'll come the, the album will come out in the fall. Yeah, it's kind of like the old days when <laughs> the record <laughs> makes it to the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, the old days it was always out. But on the other hand, I'm trying to do a second man album and a missing man album. These are two bands that are Mike Watt directed projects. Right. Man was put together for third opera, second man for second opera. I like playing with those guys so much that I wanted to give them albums that ain't operas. They're just collection of songs. Right. So I want to do that in 2020. And then Last year in Pedro here with the Italian guys, we made our third album, Terzo. That's getting mixed right now. And it'll come out in the fall and I'll do a Europe tour with them. Oh, that's so cool. those, those, those are the four projects. I got four trios uh, making music in 2020 for a while. Trios are the best, man. <laughs> yeah, I love them. More room in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you know, we did play with you guys as DOS. That's right. Dose. I did a whole bit. I don't think you guys saw it, but you and Kira, but I did a whole bit where I was trying to pronounce DOS, Dose. And then while I was doing the bit on stage, I totally blanked on how to really pronounce DOS and Dose because I yeah, did the bit. Because Pedro Day, uh, Pewter Day's early, yeah, disc operating system. Yes. We're going, for, we're going for the Espanol. Right. Uh, Parabola, the word. <laughs> Dos means two. And then and, you know, uh, me and Kay coming from bass and coming from the older days when there was hierarchy. And bass is where you put the retarded dude. You know, that's where you put your friend. Right field and Lil Will League, that kind of shit. So, uh, yeah, some inferiority complex. Well, if we got just two bases, there's no way we can be second class citizens. <laughs> <laughs> so it's victory. Well, and that helped me a lot. It really helped me when I lost D Boone. You know, I didn't know who to write songs for and everything. So when Edward came, I used a lot of Dose songs for the first Fire Hose. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah. A lot of those on the first uh, Fire Hose stuff is, is Dose songs. I didn't, I didn't know Edward, you know. As I got to know him, I knew how to write more for him. But at first, I didn't know him. So I just I thought, well, what would he do with these kind of wacky songs from these, uh, this wacky band? Well, you know, that night we played with you guys. You guys headlined. The basses, yeah. the bass players headlined yeah, um, over the guitars and the, <laughs> the, the, the drums. So <laughs> you guys won. <laughs> yeah, the victory, total victory. Yeah, well, you know, uh, and then also it's, it's not just two of the instruments are the same they're also very narrow <laughs> our frequency range is really small right so you, have to, you have to be real conscious of the holes and play the holes right it's, it's a good challenge it's really good challenge for us to do and and to keep it that not bringing on the drummer and all that and having to learn how to keep our own time and uh 
I think it was good. And we've had the band 35 years. I, in, in, interesting thing. Dose, big part of my life. Oh, I was honored. We, we were all real psyched to play with you guys. It was an honor. Yeah, well, right back, right back. And you guys were full to us. We, uh, yeah, and then we've shared the stage with you guys, with you when you played with the Stooges. And yes. before Iggy joined up, uh, we, we played a festival together. So over the years, in various situations, we have crossed paths. And yeah. it's just great to have you on on uh, on today on this episode and um, i'm just i'm honored what thank you so much you. man well likewise have me aboard it means a lot to me i mean you're you're one of the real deals man and uh it's just i just love it i just love it that, that you want me on board thank you so much tanko thank you man Big train, big train, do you want to ride my big train? 